Iowa, when you think about Iowa, you kind of, you might imagine it might be like very flat, but it really wasn't flat. Like <laughs> there is nothing flat about Iowa. It was so hilly. I couldn't believe how hilly it was. KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast. The podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and on this episode, we talk with endurance and gravel racer Kai Takishita. Kai has a, an impressive amount of accomplishments over the years. In 2019, she was named the Female Gravel Cyclist of the Year by Pure Gravel. We talked to her at length about her recent experience at the 350-mile endurance race, the Iowa Wind and Rock, and she shares with us about her love of the Crusher and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. With the cycling season in full swing right now, I know many of you are going to be tackling some of these longer endurance events. Unbound is coming up. Uh, we have a couple here in Michigan as well, 200 plus mile events. This conversation is a great conversation to listen to and get motivated for you to tackle some of these adventures for yourself. I want to get right to our conversation, so please enjoy Kai Takishita. This is so great. I'm so uh, excited to to chat with you. I know that we have, I've seen you at a few like Michigan races. And yeah, I, and yeah, I, know, I used to go quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and I know, I, I'm pretty sure Sheldon has talked to you. Sheldon's not here right yes. now, but... Um, yes. But I don't think I've ever had the chance to uh, to meet you or or actually talk to you just kind of through Facebook or or whatnot. So nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. <laughs> I want to start by saying congratulations on a uh, an amazing finish of the Iowa Wind and Rock. Uh, uh, do you even call it a gravel race? I don't even know. What, <laughs> it's just like an adventure race. So it. I looked at the results. It said you were eighth place, um, but first female and also only female. Is that correct? Yeah, it just ended up that way. I had no idea what was going on. You know, how many people are in front of me or behind me it didn't really matter at one point because all I wanted was to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you did. Will you tell us maybe a little bit about? Um, you know, the distance of it and a, little, a few details of what the what the race entailed? Yeah, sure. So, um, only thing we knew going in was it was supposed to be about 340 miles. Um, <laughs> elevation wasn't even given, so I just went to, um, you know, I just searched online, you know, to see if I can figure out something. It's sounded like really hilly from what I saw, but it was not like they actually had any sort of numbers. Plus they changed the, it seems like they changed the course every year. And when I signed up, that was back in November, 2020, it didn't even have the start location. It says start location TBA, <laughs> finish location TBA. And it just had the uh, weekend date and subject to change. That's what it says. <laughs> so wait, there are no, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but there were no sure. like GPX files or anything that you saw no. beforehand? No, um, I don't know. I didn't see anything. Okay. And then they were not going to give us any GPS um, file. Anyway, it was supposed to be, and it was the cue sheet uh, navigation. Really? <laughs> yeah, 100% Q-sheet navigation. I mean, you can have your GPS, but you're not going to have any files in advance. Oh, my and gosh. Even that Q-sheet, you don't get it in advance. You get it before the start. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> 20, 30 minutes before the start, like here. 
is it laminated at least? So it's not. I didn't think it was. We put it in a Ziploc, like (laughs) Ziploc bags. Um, Yeah. But it was printed in like large print. So we could see even with our tired eyes or eyes. But uh, then you get the setup cue sheet that covers from the start to the very first checkpoint. And then you have to get to the first checkpoint to get the second set of a cue sheet that covers from the first checkpoint to the second checkpoint, right? Then once you get to the second checkpoint, then you get the cue sheet for the rest. Oh my so. God. <laughs> it sounds like the Barkley Marathon kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very interesting. And I think some people, like, yeah. I got some friends like texting me, messaging me, saying, oh, that's like crazy. Like, I can never do cue sheets. And well, I haven't done cue sheet in a while, but when I first started riding around, everything was based on cue sheet. You know, sure. century rides and like other club rides. So so it it was it's been a while, but it's not like I cannot I don't know how to read cue sheet. It's not difficult anyway, you know, you just have to read what it says, basically. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And don't skip any lines. But anyhow, so 340 elevation unknown, but hilly, and then Q sheet navigated. Wow. And you have two checkpoints. And yeah, that was basically all I knew at first when I signed up. Um, <laughs> in, 20, also... in 2020. Right. <laughs> yeah, 2020. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I sat in front of my computer like three days because <laughs> i was so hesitant to click that register button i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't register myself right away like i usually do when i find something so exciting <laughs> i was like oh this is gonna be bad <laughs> in a good way in a good way but, Wait, but it like, was <laughs> it was free though right i thought i saw that it was a, it was a free event Yes, it is a free event. Yes. Um, so it wasn't a money barrier. It was just the fact that it looked really <laughs> difficult. Right. Right. You know, it was not about the expensive entry or anything. <laughs> no, it was not anything like that. But so Iowa Wind and Rock, that's their third year. And it was a successor of Trans Iowa that lasted like 14 years. So okay. it's a long running event, basically. And I, I know some people, like some of my friends have done it in the past and mm-hmm. it sounded really hard. I only seen some pictures, like them, like, like really exhausted at the gas station. That's all I saw. But uh, <laughs> So it was always back in my mind. I, I always wanted to do it, but I never really had a chance to do. Well, it's like 300 miles in April. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> That's been all I thought. I mean, who has that kind of miles in your leg in april unless you live in yeah like california or texas (laughs) or florida but um the weather is very unpredictable i know it can it can be like anything it could be maybe (laughs) like really bad (laughs) what did you what what kind of weather did you encounter so um when we started I think it was, I don't know the exact temperature, but I, I think it was like mid thirties, oh, maybe upper thirties. And sure. it was raining, uh, drizzling. It was not raining hard, but it was drizzling. But like one week prior to the race weekend, cause I was staring at the forecast every single day. It looked like a dry, like bone dry weekend. And it looked pretty good. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. If it's just cold, a little cold, if it's dry, I have no problem. All I need is just layers. But then like three days prior to the weekend, I'm checking this hourly forecast and I started seeing precipitation. I'm like, it's not <laughs> supposed to be there. <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, you really all know. <laughs> and then at the same time, the bike I set up to take for the weekend, it had pretty good clearance for the mud. A headset went bad, then I couldn't ride that bike anymore because I didn't have replacement parts or I didn't have the time to even address it. So I had to switch to the other bike I ride on gravel, which 
has minimal, like mm -hmm. very minimal clearance with mud or anything. I'm like, oh, this is not a bike I want to <laughs> use. It's not good, but you know, I can't do anything about it. And but anyway, so rain was supposed to end. It was supposed to be just overnight, you know, like a few to several hours, and it was gonna stop before we even take off. But two days before the race, which was only one day before. I took off, you know, I started driving to Iowa. Our forecast changed a little bit. So like the rainy part got longer into the start time and beyond. I'm like, oh, I'd be riding in rain. This is not good. <laughs> then, then I had to ran to the local, the closest REI. Then I oh. bought the rain pants because I had the waterproof bibs, but I wanted something that I can put on, you mm -hmm. know, like, put on top of my bib shorts and I can take off if I don't need it anymore. So I ran to the store, I snacked the last pair. I was very happy I had it. And, you know, wearing summer mountain bike shoes was out of question. I had my um, like light winter boots, kind of, you know, that kind of shoes. So I was warm because I dressed with, like really well, but it was drizzling. And as soon as we hit the gravel part, we just got splashed all oh, over, man. you know, it's just lower leg, like like everywhere. So I was very happy that I was waterproof. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Were you, was it a big group when you started out? Um, and did you, um, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so that was, yes, that was mass start. And when I initially signed up back in November, I saw 120 plus people signed up. I thought that was a lot. Like that mm -hmm. was more than, um, that was more than usual as far as I know. Then one week before the um, race weekend, I checked the roster again, and that was down to like 81. Okay. It still seems a little, I mean. <laughs> like, like 40 people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, phew. And then the day of, it was so dark, I, I couldn't count. But like later, I found out that only 52 people showed up to the start line. <laughs> That's probably because of the rain, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. So then, yes, we started as a group at the very beginning. Uh, it was, you know, mellow. Um, it was the residential area start. It was a tiny town of Winterset, Iowa, which is, I think, like 30 miles, or maybe that much. Yeah, it's south of Des Moines, Iowa. And then we were together. Then together, we missed the second turn of the queue sheet because no one's looking at the queue. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody missed the turn. Oh, gosh. Um, and then I rode with uh, the group for the first couple hours. I think we maybe had like 20 people down to 15, 10, then... Then I settled in, in with like two other people for the second hour. So I, I had like somebody to write with for the first couple hours. And then um, the mud road hit, like they call that B road, minimum maintenance okay. road, MMR, or they call that B road. And then like everybody, it just, everybody was everywhere. <laughs> then I was just solo from the, from then on. <sighs> So, so so for like uh, for another like twenty five hours or something, you're uh, by yourself. Yeah, except for I got lucky. Except for this nighttime riding, because I think we had like eight nines. I don't know, tennis hours of like really dark hours. But when I rolled into checkpoint two, which was mile one ninety one, there are a couple other people already at the checkpoint too and uh, when I was ready to go there happened to be one other person ready to go so we decided to go together which uh, was a very good thing yes you know night riding yeah. like it's dark it's just it's it's nice to have somebody so I, I was with somebody um up until the gas station mile to 56 so yeah, like six six seven hours so except for the first couple hours and the six hours at nighttime, I was alone. Yeah, several hours at a time. <laughs> like, I see nothing, like no one, like in front of me, nothing, not even a dot. 
And in the back, I see nothing. I felt like, <laughs> like did everybody finish already? Am I the only one? <laughs> so you rode through the night. Um, you encountered some weather. Was there anything? I mean, 340 miles, that's a, that's a long ways. Uh, there's a lot you can experience. Did you have any other, like, difficulties as you were going any mechanicals or physical difficulties that maybe almost sidelined you that you had to kind of push through okay uh so <laughs> difficulty wise i'm gonna go back to the morning time so about mile 30 is when we hit the first mud like sludgy road the rain was already over by that time but we came to this b road and I just had to get off the bike right away because I knew that I didn't have any clearance on my bike and I knew I was going to get stuck. So I put the very first set of footprint on there because I didn't, <laughs> even, I didn't even bother fighting with the mud. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to just get off and walk. And yeah, then even that, you know, your shoes become like, it, they look like they're oversized boots because the mud is just sticking everywhere. And then when you're shorter in the bike, then looking at the bike, it's so filthy from the morning. <laughs> then I hear somebody said there's a lot of limestone in their dirt. So it sticks on the bike like cement. It hardens. It sticks and hardens like <laughs> cement. You can't get it off on, unless you have running water it just it just sticks there it's so heavy and so that was yeah that walking felt pretty long some people tried to ride it um some people were not successful and i as far as i know there are a lot of people who broke the rear derailleur rear derailleur at like at that point then oh, you know man. they were dnf already and then there was another mud road, which I got off right away too. And then I was just cleaning bikes and trying to save the drivetrain. You know, I have to keep my equipment working. Definitely. So, so that was the first part. But the mud was over. It's just like two two major locations. And then um, Iowa, when you think about Iowa, you kind of... You might imagine it might be like very flat, but it really wasn't flat. Like there is nothing flat about Iowa. It was so hilly. I couldn't believe how hilly it was. Then it's like you're looking at the saw from the side. Uh, yeah. Up, down, up, down, up, down, the up, teeth. down, up, down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the teeth. And then there is nothing flat in between. So you can't really get to rest. You know, at first you feel like, okay, I'm going to climb then I'm going to rest on the way down, but it just lasts forever. Then you don't even know when it's going to end. <laughs> I think a mountain climb is even better because you know, there is a summit. You know, once you get there, all you have to do is just come down then you know, you're good. But it was like, wow, like, forever like forever and ever <laughs> and ever and the hours and the hours and i even get tired of using the momentum going up the next hill you know i don't even bother i like i stopped even doing at one point i'm gonna just go down and <laughs> once i get to the bottom i'll just go easy <laughs> it was very that was very tiring and then they put a lot of fresh gravel at like certain counties, I think. And they put the fresh gravel, like chunky, rocky stuff across the entire width of the road. So you can't even find good like uh, line to yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, you just have to live with it and you're gonna have to ride it. And it's a problem if dogs find you when you're on that <laughs> and when you're going uphill. Like, I can't go anywhere. The dogs are right there. <laughs> it was really scary. I had a, I had a few scary moments with uh, farm dogs um, at night, too. There are two sizable dogs oh, no. doing because I, I couldn't see them, but I can hear them. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so that scary. was pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, the temperature change, I think if you didn't have enough clothes, then, uh, you know, you would be in trouble. Uh, me, luckily, I brought so much, <laughs> like a lot of pieces of clothes. Um, somebody even commented that I look like 
I was going bikepacking <laughs> at that point, but I didn't care because I, did you, my mission did, huh? did you have bags on your bike, like panniers? Yeah, I stuff? had the frame bag okay. and I had the like eight liter capacity seat bag. Okay. And, um, had a, yeah, I had the, which mm-hmm. was, um, a little bit so I can also put stuff in addition to the liquid, like a fluid. So I have so many layers. Then I had like three pairs of gloves and I have four pairs of liner gloves. <laughs> I was up there. I didn't want to wear anything wet <laughs> after I sweat or like I got after I, I got wet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, ha- I have so many things, but I used every one of them. So were you able to good. dump some of that stuff at some of the checkpoints or did you have to carry everything back? Uh, with I mean, you? I have to carry it. Okay. So at the checkpoint, um, Checkpoints were like in the middle of nowhere. It was not like gas station or anything, uh, like a little park in in the middle of nowhere. So they had the water. So you get the water from them, and you get to use use the drop back service. So one bag per checkpoint. So I had two bags, and you know you can put your snacks or whatever. And you can of course put some clothes, but uh, you cannot retrieve the drop bag if you don't get there so if you dnf or you oh, know sure. for whatever reason if you don't get there then they're gonna just donate it to the uh homeless shelter so uh i i wanted to carry everything as far as the closing goes i wanted to carry everything with me and if you dump it if you dump your clothes at the checkpoint you're not gonna get it back because they're not gonna transport your um bag mm-hmm. so it, it was just there for you to retrieve when you're at the checkpoint so I, I basically had only food a lot of food more than <laughs> i needed like three two three times more than i needed but i didn't know what i wanted so <laughs> i just put a lot of stuff in there um and then two checkpoint and then gas station yeah gas station gas station to gas station you know there's nothing that you can you can like give you know you right. can just pay for or whatever yep at a gas station so um so uh, post race, then I mean, you finish. It's a long. How how, how many hours did it did it end up taking you then? Uh, so elapsed time was thirty three hours and sixteen minutes. Goodness. Actual riding time was twenty nine hours twenty seven minutes, if I remember correctly. And yeah, I did some detour. Uh, not because I wanted to, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> so I ended up riding 355 miles and the elevation was 27,510 feet. Now, is this the longest event? It's the longest. It's definitely the longest. <laughs> now, I know you're not, um, unfamiliar with with long endurance events but this one yeah i mean it stood out to me as like man that seems ridiculous i mean it's almost like a dkxl you know length or maybe it's even longer than dkxl i'm not even sure maybe i think it was xl maybe 350 but their elevation is nothing like that i think yeah. it's, it doesn't even reach twenty thousand. i think okay yeah well, but, you know, they have their own difficulties. You know, the rocks are different and yeah. temperature is different. So I think everything is, you know, each has its own difficulties. But, yeah, it was it was something. And, you know, like I said, earlier in the season, when you don't have a lot of <laughs> miles in your legs and temperature fluctuations like this. And so I, I suffered from knee pains big time. Um, going into the day two, uh, knees were screaming that my feet were hurting so much. Um, it, it was so painful that I thought my flesh was torn and like it was bleeding. It was that bad. It was really, really bad. On your feet? Like, uh, my knees. Oh, your knees. knees. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Feet, feet were hurting too, but I think knees were hurting the most probably just you know ridiculous number of revolution because you just keep on pedaling and the hills (laughs) you have to be climbing so much and well i couldn't do anything about it so i just tried to ignore it and when it got really bad i just kept telling myself that 
it doesn't hurt. <laughs> it does not hurt. You'll be fine. It does not hurt. <laughs> now, did you did you did you think about uh, stopping because of the pain, or did you was that not uh, even a not even a question? No, it wasn't really an option because stopping doesn't really heal my pain anyway. I mean, if I had to stop and go nature break or something, if I have a reason to stop, then I would have stopped. But I really didn't have much reason to. Um, good reason to stop so I didn't stop but when I was at the checkpoint like checkpoint two mm-hmm. um the first thing I did was to remove my shoes because I really wanted to rest my feet not quite sure why feet were hurting but again it could be just a lot of pedaling I, I didn't think it was the fit of the shoes but I think you can only compare with another pair of shoes if you do the same distance and the same <laughs> amount of riding, then I'm not going to do that. So I'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that should be another question. Will you ever do it again? I guess I know the answer. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, let's talk about it later. Um, so um, did oh. you, with the, with the knees and everything, was it like a, do you have any like residual pains or was it just kind of in the event it hurt, but um, it was have, you, during have you recovered? The, it was during the event. Uh, next day, of course, I felt, like really crappy sure. so far. <laughs> um, I might have broken the blood vessel on the left knee because the my the color of the knee was bruised. Not or, the color yeah. it was supposed to be. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But I was okay. I, I, I was totally okay after a couple of days. So it was just a little acute overuse, I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well yeah. anything else about the Iowa wind and rock before we move on or I have to say, it was very picturistic. It was really beautiful, like when you can see it. I mean, during the day, of course. Uh-huh. Um, the most memorable part was when I was heading east, uh, sun was rising, and then there are little clouds popping up, and then sun was just coming through the clouds, and I can see the sunshine coming through the clouds. Then it was shining on the green grass and it was like mountain. It was a very hilly area. Then it looked so pretty. Like it was really, really pretty. And, and I wish I took pictures there, but um, I didn't even want to stop because I felt good looking at it. And I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be easy. You know, the rest going to be so easy. That's what I thought. And then it wasn't easy. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, what else I wanted to say? So Iowa Wind and Rock. So it's a free event, like you mentioned. Um, so it's hundred percent community funded. Now, I know the volunteers and race director they work their butt off to create the course and like do everything. The volunteers at the checkpoints, uh, they're really fantastic, and it was the event was very good because it while riding like while riding and after i was done he brought up so many memories from my early gravel years like all the grassroots like mm-hmm. early year stuff and it was it was very nice yeah i rem- i had a lot of good memories from years past and it just made me remember <laughs> that's great all of that. so it was nice yes. well i'm glad that you could still enjoy the experience the the scenery and uh, just the event itself, even despite the difficulty and yeah. the challenge <laughs> that it was, that is very yeah. cool. And again, like, man, what an accomplishment. I am oh, super you. impressed. <laughs> A lot of people are super impressed. Um, oh. And I know- You should do it. You should really do it. No, absolutely not. But that's what I said. That's what I said earlier. Like, <laughs> like before I registered, I'm like, ah, no way. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I guess, um, I mean, you did Crusher last year, correct? Didn't you? Yes. Do? Yeah. Yes, and, and I did. And I, I did the Crusher too. So I guess, I mean, that was like 20, that was a lot of hours on a bike. So I guess I'm not totally unfamiliar with like super long endurance things. The so 350, that doesn't really, I mean, I still have some finger issues from Crusher. So, um, uh, but, uh, but yeah. you're, I mean, you have been doing a lot of like big endurance things and like what kind of got you into the endurance riding? I know you do a lot of gravel riding and racing. Um, but yeah, you, you've done crusher, you've done, um, have you done, uh, uh unbounded or, or dirty cans? Did you do that? 
Yeah, uh, uh, yes, DK. DK actually did um, quite a few times. I I did it in 15. That was yeah, infamous I, hot year. I, I, I didn't so. finish because my bike broke. And I changed it to single speed on the side of the road, but my chain was twisted, like badly didn't track and I couldn't finish. And then I did it in 16. Then I finished after using like six tubes <laughs> because oh. I had so many puncture. I started tubeless, but you know, at that time yeah. we didn't really have any gravel specific stuff. And yeah, I didn't have a good luck with whatever tire I was using at that time. So yeah, I did it in 16. 17, I was gonna, but I got hit by a pickup truck like six days prior to the event. So oh, man. I got a deal. And then 18 and 19, yes, I had a good result. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're obviously not new to the, not just the gravel thing, but the endurance scene. Like, what kind of got you into racing endurance and racing gravel? Um, as far as racing endurance, so I started out, you know, with, like, club riding, riding a lot of centuries, so... I think riding multiple hours was just something I did, always did, like from like early cycling time, you know, without even racing. I did a few randonneering, like Brevet, uh, Brevet, yeah, randonneering, which is like 200K. I did a few of that and I always liked it, I think. Um, as far as racing goes, um, I live in Chicago suburbs mm -hmm. and they have like criteriums and uh, road races. And I did try a few, it didn't really click with me and it was okay for me. So uh, I tried it and it was so, so, and finding gravel was 2014. Uh, my husband and I went to Arizona in the middle of winter because we just wanted to get away from the winter. <laughs> Just went there to do some road riding, um, short vacation. And then we met a cyclist from Minnesota. And then in Minnesota, gravel was already booming. You know, they have Almanzo. Then, you know, it seems like everybody was already riding gravel. So this guy told me about it. And I had no idea what it was. But this sounded a lot of fun. So coming back to Chicago, and I looked up what gravel was and there was not much information out there, <laughs> but I managed to find one semi-local race, maybe like two hours from us. And I went out to do it. First time riding gravel. Um, on a, on I didn't a, have gravel bike. Yeah, I was like going to say on a road bike, yeah. probably. Uh, well, no, I used a commuter bike. Okay. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least well, with a full fender. Um, not the skinny tire. I think it was wider than the okay. road bike. But that was my first time riding anything other than pavement. So it was pretty scary for me because it felt like the ground is moving underneath. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> and it was early in spring. It's very windy in the cornfield area without the corn. So it's like, it's like wind is blowing like you know, 25 and gusting at like 30 plus. And I wasn't like quite sure how to put my weight on the bike really well. You know, when it's windy like that on the loose gravel, now I'm just getting blown away from one side of the road to the other side <laughs> of the road. Then I'm almost like falling into the ditch. Then I get off before I fall into the ditch. Then I just ran back to the other side and I was doing that like for a while. So it was a, it was a big, um, what do you call it? Learning curve. Yeah. This, yeah. The, yeah. this sounds like probably something most everyone can relate to right. <laughs> and has experienced before. Right. Yeah. Then I even lost my number that was attached to the bike. Wind took it. Then I had to lay the bike on the side of the road and just run into the farmland to <laughs> my numbers. And it was. I forgot it was like 60 miles. I think it was 62 miles because like 100K. It was a long day. I was exhausted, but it was so much fun. After I was done with it, I was like, I like this. <laughs> this is so much fun. It was such 
um, sense of accomplishment. Yeah. And and then I just started like looking into it further and started finding people uh, semi like locally, semi locally um, who do gravel, and started going to more places like out of state um, the following year. And yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I, like- I think that probably like i said i mean a lot of people can relate to the uh the windy gravel it's farm farm road experience but probably a lot of people also can relate to uh i don't know just kind of stumbling upon a gravel race and then getting hooked and yeah uh, it's just so much fun it's such sense of adventure so is yeah. it is it the fun that kind of motivates you to i mean would you you classified that first one as fun, some other races as fun. Would you classify something like Iowa Wind and Rock as fun? Or would you classify that as like a different type of fun, you know? Oh, uh, it, it is. Uh, it was certainly fun after it was done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's all good. It, it was such a challenge. I, I, I was very glad I went out to do it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So you, I mean, yeah, you're obviously motivated for challenge challenges and adventure. Is that kind of what keeps you going to these like bigger and longer races? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Challenge, challenge is always fun. And then I just like to see more places, the places I've never been to. And if I've done a certain event more than once that's because i really like the event and most important most importantly i really like the people you know i made a lot of friends yeah over the years through gravel and it's very atmosphere is very friendly as you know yes <laughs> uh very inclusive and um i i i really enjoy the people too so yeah, the yes. fun part, the people part, and more new places, more adventure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, you meet people as you go to different races. But what about um, Chicago? Is such a big area. What's the community? What's like the gravel community in Chicago? Or do, do you have like a a core group of people that you can ride with? And uh, yeah, yeah, is there like a gravel community in Chicago, or pro- probably several all over the place? Yeah, there are many people who ride gravel, but there are very many people who don't like what is gravel. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it really depends. Yeah. So. There so, are groups that ride gravel on a regular basis, and but the thing is, we don't really have gravel around us. Like where I live, like I live right underneath O'Hare, like Chicago O'Hare, O'Hare Airport's like traffic pattern. So of mm-hmm. course, I don't have any gravel. I don't even have a good road to ride on, actually. So um, if I want like decent, like really, really good gravel, I gotta drive like two hours on the highway even find one yeah that's <laughs> yeah there, there are people yes there are people who do gravel um but it's more like like rail to trail path and it, it's different you know so how do you what's your training look like then if you like i couldn't imagine living in such a big city and trying to have a regular training schedule and uh that, you know, with such big, busy roads and maybe not gravel roads, how do you find the the area and the, you know, to, to train in? Well, the first of all, I don't worry about, I don't worry too much about like having to ride on gravel roads. Sure. Because if I want to ride on gravel, it's such a commitment. I need a full day and I need to plan ahead. So I don't really ride on gravel. <laughs> and if I want to do um, some endurance, if I want to do some endurance training in, and again, I just have to plan a day, you know, I'll pick a nice weather day. Hopefully it's on the day that I have time. And you know, I just pick a place which usually 30 minutes to one hour away from me. Then I go all the way up to Wisconsin and come back. Um, and then other than that, I just, in my basement <laughs> i just hop on the indoor bike and oh yeah 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 i use my indoor bike even in summertime just because it's convenient you know you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to clean the bike 
<laughs> listen, um, listen, you're you're talking like I I think I saw that you do some Zwift racing too. I I started last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I, I haven't done much this, like recently, but okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah, you're talking to someone that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing it now that it's nice outside, but I definitely can get into the Zwift racing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, plus they just released a new world. It's Japanese uh, theme. Yeah. Um, I'm totally digging it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ridden it yet. Awesome. Have you ridden it? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, the day they released, I couldn't ride it because I had a power outage for whatever reason. I, there shouldn't be any reason, but we had the power outage. Uh -huh. so. I waited one more day, and yeah, I plugged it in, and yeah, I, I like it. It was good. It was good. I turned on some like traditional Japanese music on, and I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. very cool. Um, yeah, indoor training is it, it's very convenient. You know, efficient, efficient, convenient. Works great in winter time. Um, my husband has a fat bike, so I could have used his, but to get to where I could do a fat bike, it's a lot of time. It's just a lot of time spent just to get myself ready. So nah, I just don't go there. Just yeah. too much work. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. Um, so you started 2021 off strong. Um, you know, like you said, who in the world does a 350 mile race in April? But yeah. um, but you did, and you and it was successful, and you started off strong. What else in 2021 uh, do you have si uh, lined up? Uh, so well, uh, I'm bound in one week. Okay, uh, yeah, that's coming right up. DK, so I'll be going there. Great. Um, there are a couple races. I'm probably going to do SBT okay. gravel in Colorado in August and I'll hit the gravel worlds um, in Nebraska. I've done both of them before, but um, I'm going back again. But the one I'm most excited about is the crusher. I really <laughs> want to do the, the crusher, the, the one in Michigan. I've done crusher and the two star in Utah too, but uh -huh. Crusher in Michigan. I gotta do that again. It's just so much fun. So, are you are you looking <laughs> to do the EX this year again, or the point to point? I want to do both. <laughs> both. <laughs> I really want to do both. And I had this greatest idea, probably very dumb at the same time. Maybe I want to do point to point, and then like rest one day, then do the EX right after. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like a very bad idea, but <laughs> it sounds right up the yeah. It sounds like crusher territory. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, there should be a, a point to point. Oh, it should be a, a like a. You should get a something special for sure. If you do that, you should get something special. That's yeah. Well, hopefully, well, hopefully it's gonna be nice weather because if it's rain, I, I know a lot of people did it in the rain. I have so much respect. But when I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I did it last year, that was before Todd just gave us like you know, rain weekend every weekend. I had the beautiful, sunny, like really, really beautiful weekend. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I really want that again. Um, but but anyhow, so I was really thinking about back to back because logistically, if I really want to do both. It'll be, it'll be nicer for me if I can just make one trip so sure. I'm not going back again. And if I separate in, into two weekends, I don't know if I can secure another weekend for, you know, yeah. it, it could be like scheduling um, problems. So, no. yeah, it was just something I was thinking. Maybe uh, are you going to be up for it? <laughs> I, <laughs> was you consider? <laughs> I'm not sure. I was trying to figure out scheduling wise how to do the point to point and you know getting up to Copper Harbor you're still going up another two hours yeah it is pretty far yes yeah um so here's a question though would you bring up two different bikes or just ride the same same bike for both I think this year if I do back to yeah if I do both I'm very strongly considering having two different bikes mm -hmm. last year um well I did I didn't have any mountain bike last year. Like 
when I did EX, um, I I have a borrowed mountain bike now in my basement. So, <laughs> but before that, I I didn't even have a mountain bike. Then the the bike that could have the biggest tire, like the bike I use for EX, um, I could only put like forty three millimeter tire. So that's what I rode. That's what you rode. <laughs> yeah. Good. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was a lot of walking too, though. I felt like I, <laughs> depending on where I was, I felt like I only brought my bike so I can carry my stuff on it because I'm walking so much. Well, I mean, I think people walked a lot, whether or not if they had a, a gravel bike. Who was it? Drop bars and everything. Yeah. Yeah, whether they had a gravel bike, but I don't think. Many yeah, that people... that was the bike I used to race, like Barry Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I mean. You got to ride what you have. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I just can't have another bike just because I want it. You know, I'm just dealing. I got what I got. Then, you know, I'll make the best out of it. And I was okay. I was expecting that I, I would be walking. So, you know, I wasn't resenting the fact or anything. You know, I already knew what was going to happen. Um, so I was totally okay. I just didn't know that my ankle's going to be so hurting that I felt like... They're gonna shatter into pieces at the end. Oh no! <laughs> I got, yeah, I think it was from so much walking in the bike shoes. That would be an incredible accomplishment for sure. Um, that would be like a 500 mile. That would be like in three days or five days or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It just might be a very bad idea too. But you know, I'm... no, it sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. But <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, I like that kind of crazy ideas. Holy cow. Well, um, if you know somebody who might be doing it like back to back, because I want to share the thoughts of why did we decide to do that? You know, <laughs> I need someone to share the thoughts. <laughs> what about uh, Barry Roubaix? I know that you've done that so many times, um, and it's in a different time this year. Are you going um, yeah, be be to be able to? Yes, yes. And you've won that at, you know, at least once, right? Oh, I did it like five times. So I had an honor of winning the 62 in 2019 so i was really uh very very excited about that um so i'll definitely go back to do it and michigan has a lot of nice gravel races you guys have like several races we're, every weekend we're spoiled we are yeah it, it's very very nice yeah. uh then the area nice all oh, the roads are nice area is nice yeah i yeah. love michigan yeah we are spoiled but <laughs> so i gotta ask you a question are you do you're doing crusher this year i don't I, know i I, okay. I i really enjoyed it yeah i think that's my best one yeah my my absolute favorite you know it doesn't have to be a race you know it's it's all the experience i had so much fun with the ex did you do it totally solo no no i actually went with uh, three other people because at that time, I had never ridden after 11 p.m. at night. I don't like <laughs> night ride. I don't, I don't like night riding. I don't like to ride in the dark to, be, to begin with. And then, like, wolves, I don't want to be eaten. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm probably not, like, very tasty anyway because I'm so bony. But uh, <laughs> so I had a few friends. Okay. That was by accident, too. I just happened to be riding by myself one day in June or something. Then I happened to find another friend of mine in the same area. Then we were riding together. And he's like, oh, what are you doing this, you know, this summer, Kai? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm signed up for Crusher, but I don't know if I want to do 200 because I don't want to ride along at night. Da, 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 da. He's like, yeah, I'm signed up too. Then you want to do it together? I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> and then he's uh, he's a uh, Peter. He did the uh, oh, yeah. Peter Inman. Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah well, Gerald and I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's gonna be a good partner to write with. We can go anywhere. Then I'm not gonna be eaten by the bear. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that was really great. So I wasn't alone. Okay. Um, I think that kind of event you want somebody to share the experience i think it multiplies oh, the fun absolutely yeah. i mean well first of all it's just safer with with more people yeah. Yeah. I, I mean you yeah. could you can really get in trouble out there in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah. but that's what i yeah it was probably it was definitely my top experience mm -hmm. of of something i've done and I, and we had 
three other four other I, I there were a few of us and it was just it was so great to experience that with others and yeah. you feel that's that's like self-accomplishment and then also like <laughs> the accomplishment of doing it with everyone and man yeah, yeah. you're you're so right now shoot now i want to go do it again <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm following i'm following project adventurous every day now <laughs> oh yeah they are yeah uh, yeah it, i love it, <laughs> it looks like it's pretty buggy and yeah <laughs> and not not a lot of good roads <laughs> I think they are making the roads for us, like, going <laughs> ahead. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I, I love Michigan. Yeah, Michigan gravel scene, so inspiring. I love it. Um, didn't get to do much last year. Then, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like to do a few this year for, for sure. UP, beautiful. I did Huron Mountain Crusher. That was that was like the yeah like the, the one of the first ones right yeah yeah um i think i found out about that event like on like wednesday or thursday of the up like a week like week <laughs> of and and it's just you know minimal information i don't know like i've never been there but it's like oh gravel it's like a long i think it was like 150 maybe 50 miles or something mm -hmm. like that and I think I was the only person on the cyclocross bike. <laughs> Everybody had like 29er or like fat bike. And I know at that time, I think I was on 35 millimeter tire. Oh my God. Because that was the only thing I had. Yeah, it, it's not like I had the choice. I only had one set of tire that's mounted on the wheel. That's all I had. And somehow I survived. But that gave me so much sense of adventure. Then that was so great. And it was, yeah, 16. Yeah. And then before that, I did, like, Gravel World and uh, the Dairy Kansas in Kansas. And I thought Gravel was awesome. But the UP totally changed the definition <laughs> of an adventure. It was so great. I saw a moose <laughs> nearby. This, like, yeah, yeah, with the yeah. rack. I was just coming down on the hill by, by myself. And then... Then I stopped because it was just standing in the middle of the path I was like trying to go. I'm like, oh, that's a moose. They're like, oh, dang, that's so big. And I didn't know what to do. So I just hit behind the tree. <laughs> I, <laughs> I heard it, it could charge at you. It was really scary because it was so big. Oh, I'm I would, like, be, oh, wow, I would be terrified. I would right? be... <laughs> and I, I really didn't know what to do. I'm like... Maybe I should Google like what to do when you see a moose, but there was no reception, so I couldn't Google. <laughs> and I waited for a long time because it didn't move. And I started yelling like Yahoo, Yahoo, whatever, whatever. And it doesn't move. And since it didn't move such a long time, I started thinking like for whatever reason, I started thinking maybe it's not even real. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Like what? Like why would you have a fake one standing in the middle of the road? It doesn't even make sense. But I convinced myself that no, that's not even real. It's fake. Then I started moving towards it, and then it moved. I'm like, oh no, that's not good. And I like, okay. <laughs> that was that was great. That that was great. And then I got lost, and because GPS wasn't working very well, and I got frustrated so much getting close to. Get, it's getting dark and I don't even know if I'm going the correct way and oh, that was so great I was I was curious a little bit about when you're in the middle of some of these big events like especially the last one you did um, emotionally do you ever get like super down or dark and do you or are you always kind of like pushing through and oh I'm gonna I'm gonna attack this I'm gonna get it I'm you know, you know what I'm saying? So physically it can wear you down. Do you ever get like really emotionally worn down too? Uh, it just, well, sometimes I feel like, like say, for example, you're looking down your computer, then you see the mileage you covered or like, oh, the average speed you're going. I was like, what the hell? Like, am I going that slow? Like, really? Like. Like, I'm only hitting 12 miles per hour or something <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, no, like, what's happened? This is not good. Or, yeah, something like that I had. And then this. Well, what about. Race direction. Oh, go, go no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
I was gonna say race director Sarah Cooper. She uh she does a lot of gravel now, but she used to be like a Ram finisher, Ram winner. Oh wow! She's like the female version of Todd. You know, she likes to give you pain. Like <laughs> she likes to give you the worst possible like situation. I really felt that. But Sarah, I only know her since last year. I met her finally last year. I've heard about her, but and then this year at the race, but I'm like, dang, is she just like Todd? It's like they're a, they're the same type of people. <laughs> and so I would look at this hills endless. I'm like, I have to climb that on top of what I'm doing. It's like Sarah. It's like it was like Sarah. What are you thinking? So. Yeah, I had interest in emotional yeah. roller coaster, but yeah, just it was what it is. I just have to push through it. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> yeah, men- mental is I think really the big part in anything. So like going back to Iowa a little bit. Sorry, it's just going on and on, but I just want to say this. Um, I was so I I took the wrong turn like 15 miles to go and I went totally somewhere else. I was supposed to turn right and I went left and I, I, I was convinced that I was going the right direction. Then I crossed the big road that that was on the cue sheet. But since I omitted one line completely, I thought I was crossing the big road at the correct location. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to cross somewhere else. Okay. And then I did this long, stupid long, like washboardy hill, almost cursing Sarah again, like, oh, Sarah, what you doing to me? Da, 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 da. And then I find myself like somewhere else and not crap. But at that time, you know, I wasn't too like mad anymore. It was just almost funny. Like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> so I think it's all here, yeah, like yeah. all attitude. If I were upset there or like so frustrated i think the rest of the journey although it was somewhat short it would have been a lot worse and i might not be like smiling going into the finish line but like i was totally happy then like close getting closer to the end like last like five six seven miles i had so much energy I was so surprised I had so much energy left. My knees were still dying, but I was like, wow, I can't push so hard. I feel so good. What's going on? Yeah, so, you, you you saw the yeah. finish line. That's what's that what was going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh I was uh, yeah, I think it's all the attitude. Definitely. Um and just just quickly, just one more quick short story. I'm very sorry. You no. know Landron? Landron in Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so mid mid south mid south now. Yeah, mid south. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So I did that race in seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, twenty. I did it. Oh, oh, wow! Four times already. And then when I did it in seventeen, that was the very first race um, after I joined the Panracer team. And I was just so happy that I was even on any team. Then I got to meet my like teammate the day before. Then that that was like my big day for me. You know, I was totally yeah. excited. And the race day, I almost died. Like really, literally died because my kidney was almost failing because of acute hypothermia. I was leading the women's field, but I didn't finish the race because I collapsed. White blue. I collapsed two blocks away from the finish because because why because my body was given up but my mind like I, I don't even remember half the race but you know I oh my gosh without any anything I don't remember too much but my I, I still kept pushing myself because all I saw was to finish the race and well if I have stopped at the middle point then i probably didn't have to go to the er oh my gosh make people worried and all that but yeah um i felt like because it was in the 40s and raining pretty much all day after a couple hours we started and then past the middle checkpoint i was like oh so much colder than earlier then i felt like i had this like one candle in in my body i felt 
like the candle is getting smaller and then smaller and then smaller. It's like you can, sure. you, you have the heat, but it's getting smaller. You can really feel it. And I remember the exact moment that candle was gone. I didn't have any more heat left. Oh. And maybe at that time, I should have stopped and called for help. <laughs> but I didn't even think about that. All I was, all I was worried about was like just keep pedaling and finish the race. It's not even like something I worried about. It didn't even cross my mind yeah. and I just kept on going. And then then my memory just goes out. Then I remember getting off the bike to shift because my fingers are frozen. I can't even shift anymore. So that's one thing I remember. The next thing I remember is like losing the brake because of the sand, wet sand. And I can't turn. So I would overshoot the turn and wait until I stop and turn around and walk <laughs> to make that turn. And then the next thing I remember is I got tunnel vision. I can't see any more than this. I'm looking at my ride shoes and I can't, I must have got, gotten off the bike for whatever reason, but I can't clip back on. Then I'm feeling sad because if I can't clip back on, I can't ride. And I, if I can't ride, I can't race. And I'm like so sad, just oh. sadness I remember. And the next scene is, just I, I'm not. I can't even see anything. Just somebody's talking to me. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Andy. What's your name? Are you okay? What's your name? Then the next moment, I woke up in the hospital. Oh my god! <laughs> I think so, is that a so you know like your your mind can push you forward and get you through tough times, but also it can. Yeah. It sounds like you were so determined that you act actually your mind was. <laughs> Yeah, it, like, so I think uh, I got the stubborn part. Yes, yeah, stubborn, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! So yeah. what? So how long were you in the ho hospital? Did they? Did you just stay overnight or what? Uh, no, I I probably left the uh, ER because uh, I still had time to eat dinner afterwards. Probably like eight or nine okay. p.m. Maybe yeah. And so that was Saturday. So it was Saturday, and then went back to. I stayed at my friend's house. In Wichita, because it's two hours from Oklahoma, and then drove all the way to Chicago. I didn't drive; I was a passenger. My husband drove, uh, drove all the way to Chicago on Sunday, and went to work on Monday. So groggy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sick and groggy on Monday. But you know, I was no, in, in no position to skip work. I gotta work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, what a yeah. That's the reason I has so much clothes to take to Iowa wind and rock because I knew that the, I don't want to be wet I don't want to be cold I'm just taking everything I don't care <laughs> yes <laughs> well very cool um yeah this is great I mean you like I said like you're kind of a uh a local racer rider but also <laughs> you're definitely um known throughout the country as uh, one of the best um, oh, that I don't know. That, that absolutely don't. No, no, no. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And deservedly so. So um, you were someone that we wanted to talk to from the very beginning. And I think we were hoping that we would cross paths someday at like a gravel race and be able to like um, chat with you. But, you know, it's just been so weird lately. But uh, mm -hmm. but I definitely wanted to hear about the Iowa wind and rock and then take the uh, – take that uh take the advantage of of just uh chatting oh, with you, you a little bit more about um gravel racing so i hope that we will uh see each other in real life yes. soon at a race yes. and <laughs> looking forward to it totally yeah. looking forward to it yeah. and best of luck for the um for the season especially uh unbound coming right up man that's that's coming yeah, right I just, up i feel like too soon i'm like wow <laughs> yeah yeah definitely well, I'll just do my best and then see how it goes. You know, it's always like that. You know, just do your best. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me, inviting me to your uh, podcast. Uh, that's really great. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's our <laughs> pleasure for sure. Thank you, Kai. Okay. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Midpack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast, email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com, or call our hotline 616-522-2641. If you are enjoying the podcast, 
please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Thank you to Kai for joining us on this episode. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.